You're listening to the Bad Religion Podcast for Monday, July 10th, 2006. Into and out of the unknown. Here's It's Only Overwind. Welcome to the 11th episode of the Bad Religion Podcast. For the 11th time, I'm your host, Mike. In this week's episode, we're taking a trip into and out of the unknown as they play songs from the band's two similarly titled but very different in style albums, Into the Unknown and Back to the Known. In case you haven't noticed before, I don't usually play studio versions of songs so as to avoid any copyright problems. While I certainly don't think that people would not buy albums because they heard the same version of a song on this podcast, in fact I think it would be quite the opposite, I'm of the opinion that these songs are easily obtainable in ways that tangibly benefit the band. Live shows and b-sides, on the other hand, are clearly not something that you can purchase that would help the band in any way. Therefore, I have no qualms about playing these songs, in fact, I think they help promote recognition of these songs and get more people into the band. So where am I going with all this? Basically, because this is a show that is 50% about Into the Unknown, and only three Into the Unknown live recordings survived that I know of, I am naturally going to have to play a few studio versions of these songs. Of course, the album is well out of print, and as Jay said in the interview I had with him a few months ago, it is unlikely that it will ever be re-released. So, with all that said, I'm going to start this episode off with the studio version of Time and Disregard. This is actually the longest song the band has recorded, clocking in at a hefty 7 minutes in duration. The song is actually one of Bad Religion's most environmental songs. The actual song is broken up into four parts, the first part being the observer, likely the singer, recounting what has happened to change the landscape over time and with little help from Disregard. The second part is a critical look at the practices of man and capitalism, seeing wilderness as a free commodity to be used however man pleases. The third part is actually the most interesting part of this song, telling the tale of time and disregard from the perspective of an animal or a plant. It's interesting, but it also comes off as a little weird. The fourth part reverts back to the observer scene in part one, once again summarizing the consequences of time and disregard. So, as to not talk this already long song to death, here's a studio version of time and disregard. From the bird 
run the deer who live on the same Do the condominium and litter the plane into a
That was time and disregard from Into the Unknown. Let's switch gears now and move to Back to the Known, the band's 1984 return to their classical style. This release is only an EP, containing only five songs, and of those songs, only two were originals. Bad Religion had obviously been recorded before on their debut EP, and New Leaf and Along the Way were songs that they were playing before they went into the unknown. That leaves Yesterday and Frogger as the two original songs on the album. Yesterday leads off the album and seems to be a clear statement about how the band got off track with Into the Unknown. The song harkens back to the old days of the band, the so-called good old days, and refers to the style that the band used to play. The band is moving forward, running if you will, but they are reminded to not be scared to look behind about what they once were. But at the same time, the song is showing the reluctance of the band to be pigeonholed into the punk genre. The future's been rehearsed perhaps allude to the fact that other songs in the album had already been played by the band, or that songs in the future would stay within the relatively safe bounds of the style they established with their debut EP, and how could hell be any worse? Of course, there are also some more things going on in the song, and it could simply be coincidental that the lyrics read like a manifesto for the EP. That's one of the interesting things about Bad Religion songs, they can be interpreted in many different ways. One interesting little bit of trivia from the song yesterday is that on the reissue of How Could Hell Be Any Worse in 2004, the lyrics for the second verse that starts See the Good Meat Soon has the lyrics Flow Proximad as Flow followed by a series of question marks. The lyrics also don't list oligarchy at all, suggesting that they were transcribed by someone not in the band who was trying to figure out the lyrics for songs but didn't get them 100%. Oligarchy is probably the hardest song to figure out the lyrics to, which is possibly why it wasn't included in the booklet. So here's the song yesterday, performed live at the We're Not the Damn show in Vienna, Austria in time for another roundup of the last week and a half or so of Bad Religion news. Craig Hetson, once again accompanied by his daughter Violet, appeared on the program The Garage last week. Along with an interviewer, the three sat on this couch and played some videos. The actual conversation was pretty boring. I think that the interviewer could have done a much better job. One thing of note was that Hetson announced that a punk rock karaoke DVD and a second tour will be coming soon. This was probably already known, but I hadn't really heard anything about it. For those of you who don't know what it is, Punk Rock Karaoke is essentially a collection of punk rock musicians, specifically Eric Melvin from NoFX, Steve Soto from The Adolescents, Derek O'Brien from Social Distortion, and Greg Hetson from a little band called Bad Religion, who played the music to various punk rock songs while an audience member who signed up beforehand gets to sing them on stage. On the last tour, one of their songs was Fuck Armageddon. I don't think they've updated their song list for the new tour, but I bet they'll be playing We're Only Gonna Die. 
So there's a video of a new song called 21st Century Digital Girl out there by the German group Groove Coverage. The song is pretty much to the tune of Digital Boy, although cooler parts of the original song, like the Cat's Foot Iron Claw outro, is not in the song. A lot of the people at the brpage.net took great offense to this song, some pretty much claiming it was the worst thing to ever happen to Bad Religion. There are insinuations that Atlantic Records sold the band out by authorizing groove coverage to make the song, and even some people feel that Brett was the one to do the evil deed. I think that these people just need to chill out. It's a cover song, and a not very good cover song at that. If it gets popular, so what? It's not like Digital Boy was a sacred song that the band immaculately, or maybe unimmaculately, conceived. If anything, 21st Century Digital Boy is as much a spoof on King Crimson's 21st Century Schizoid Man as this song is on Bad Religion's version. Then, posting at the comment section of the BR page, found this quote on the band's website about why they chose to cover the song. It says, we're about 30 years old now, listening to music for 20 years, more than most of you who don't like the cover are alive. Bad Religion was a part of our youth, and we liked the track very much. It influenced us to show the track danceable to the new generation. So there you go. In other news, the online site Exclaim has a new interview with Graffin posted. This is actually one of the better interviews of Graffin as of late, even if they're sending him what looked to be a general set of questions. Portions of the interview are actually pretty funny, such as when Greg is asked to describe what he would consider a mind-altering piece of art. In his response, he says, I guess some of my friends would refer to certain types of bongs as mind-altering works of art, which I found particularly funny. And not to bring up the webcam thing again, but when Greg responds to the question, what makes you want to take it off and get it on, he responds, I guess I'll pass on that one. It's possibly incriminating. Take it as you will, but the man does have a sense of humor. I'll post a link to the entire interview on the website, brpodcast.blogspot.com, if you want to check it out. Once again, I'd like to remind you guys to check out Ryan's punk rock stream that contains this episode as well as full shows from the songs that I play on the show. This week, he will be streaming the Gilman Street show, where the band plays the three Into the Unknown songs. You can check out the stream by clicking on the RAF radio button at ryanandfriends.com. That's it for the news this week. In honor of the song 21st Century Digital Girl coming out, I felt compelled to play the song that inspired Brett to write 21st Century Digital Boy, and that song is 21st Century Schizoid Man by King Crimson. Well, actually, only a portion of it, because it's a long song and I don't really like it very much. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play a song duel between Schizoid Man, Digital Boy, and Digital Girl. You can be the judge who wins. Here goes. Scream! Come on! Pass! Eyes and door! 21st 
Let's move on to another song from Into the Unknown, You Give Up. The song is actually played live at the Gilman Street Show in 1983, the only known bootleg of the Into the Unknown days. This song actually precedes It's Only Over When, which I find a little strange because it's in many ways a sequel to that song. The quality on this song is not all too great because it seems like the tape or record or whatever that this was recorded on got sped up a bit. I had to do a little audio magic, aka lowering the pitch, to get Graffin to sound more like himself and less like a chipmunk. Anyways, here's You Give Up from the 924 Gilman Street Show in section this week comes from a video that I found on YouTube about Greg discussing how the band's style had changed since Into the Unknown was released. Greg actually has incredibly long hair, at least for him in this video, which is pretty funny to see. I'll post the video on the website, brpodcast.blogspot.com, so that you can see the hair for yourself. But for now, here's the audio version of the interview. So who's in Bad Religion now? Well, now it's myself. I'm playing uh, a little bit of keyboards. I didn't bring them tonight, but... Uh, you won't hear them to the extent you heard them on the last album. Uh, and I'm playing acoustic guitar. Again, you won't hear it as much, but there will be a little in there. And Greg Hudson's playing guitar. And uh, Peter Feinstone, the old drummer, sort of the old new drummer, uh, is playing drums. And Tim Gallego playing bass. He used to be in Wasted Youth. And he's just played around a lot of people. I mean, People change. Christ, I wrote that first, those songs when I was 15, you know. Now I'm 19, still a child, but uh, I've changed a lot, you know. And uh, I don't think that my life is ever going to stagnate. And I don't think anyone who's honest with themselves will say that theirs will either. But you just grew up a little bit. Huh? Yeah, it is sort of a growing up, you know, and it's kind of. It's not really a, a bad kind of growing up either because I, I'm so sure that all these people who are coming tonight are going to grow up one day and realize, fuck, remember when we did this? And they're not going to look back on it and say it was dumb. You're just going to remember it for what it was. And that's what I've done. Um, it's nothing like, boy, that was stupid shit and you guys should all change your ways because that's stupid. I'm, I'm allowing them the same freedom I have. I don't want to try and control them. I have to admit that the next song up is one of my least favorite Bad Religion songs. The song is New Leaf, and it appears as the last song on Back to the Known. I could never really get into the lyrics on the song, which was my first big turnoff. Also, I don't really like the slow pace of the song, and the chorus is also pretty annoying. But as far as this podcast goes, I live to serve, so here is the New Leaf, played live at the Fullerton Show in 1982, a good three years before Back to the Known came out. This is an old song called New Leaf. Let's go. 
it's time for Not So Bad Religion Banter. That's right, we've reached the time in the podcast for some Not So Bad Religion Banter. This week's banter doesn't have anything to do with Into the Unknown or Back to the Known, but I found it really funny, so it's worthy of being played in the Not So Bad Religion Banter section. It comes from a show in Portugal in 2000, and is an abortive attempt by the band to play Modern Man. Here goes. played the Back to the Known songs Frogger, Bad Religion, and Along the Way in previous episodes, but if the band doesn't change its set list every night, I feel I have the right to play different versions of these songs in different episodes of this podcast. Of the three songs, the one that I have not really talked about is Bad Religion, the band's theme song. The song itself is actually pretty difficult for me to get a grasp on. It almost seems like the song wavers between talking about a religion that is bad and religion itself being bad. The first verse seems to be describing someone that is prone to falling for this bad religion, a person who first sees life in a rational fashion at the genetic level, but then bad religion, a cabal, seems to take over and suddenly the person is telling his mind to stop thinking. The second verse seems to be the slogans of the bad religion, saying things like, blind faith will conquer life's problems. Then in the middle of that verse, the song switches singers almost, with a new singer warning against falling for a religion that is conjured up in lies. The repeating of It's Not Too Late seems to indicate another shift in the song, as now it is speaking to religiously devout people in general. For such an early song, it is quite confusing. When the band has played Bad Religion live, Greg often changes the lyrics slightly, adding fear of music in place of indecision in the first chorus. I'm not sure where I'm really going with this, but I thought you might find it interesting. So that was my one minute wrap up of theme song. As expected, the next song up is theme song, but I'm not going to leave along the way in Frogger out to dry. So here's theme song from CBGB's 20th anniversary show, Frogger from the We're Not the Damned bootleg, and along the way from No Substance Live Radio. Here goes. Hey, we can do theme song. Thank you. 
you forgot, you're listening to the Bad Religion Podcast. Each Bad Religion is independently owned and operated. Some assembly required. Bad Religion, best band nobody's heard of. The best band never to win a major. <laughs> I refuse to abuse what is kind to diffuse, but it's there and it's happening. Uh, you started. It's better. I refuse to abuse what is kind to diffuse, but it's there and it's happening to me along the way. As we go through the snow, we can up fucking our bows, but the kids always waiting at the table along the way. What you see, not for me, isn't what you plan to be But you'll have what you wanted in the end along the way And we'll cry as we try, and the brothers pass us by We start through the ages of our tears along the way and Now we go as we show that the morals we must know Be shaming, let's take it by the father of the way But regret, don't forget, to find love and happiness Lest you're willing to be strong when they are along the way Like Tommy, you agree, but you will not follow me But we'll see each other once more on the path along the way So that was Frogger, Along the Way, and Theme Song, all from Back to the Known. Let's move into the listener interaction section of the show. Last week's clips, it seems, were pretty easy, as a sizable number of you scored an unprecedented perfect score on them. Graffin actually sent another clip to me this week, expressing how easy he thought the clips were. Here's what he said. Man, Graffin seems to be all over the listener interaction section of the show. If only he'd agree to proverbially sit down for an interview. By the way, if any people who scored a perfect score desire a particular show or something, just send an email to me, and I'll try to get it to you if I have the show. Anyways, here's last week's clips and answers for those of you who did not get them all. Number one. That was the end of looking in. Number two. That was God's love. Number three. That was the abrupt end of Blenderhead. Number four. That was the handshake. And number five. And that was the end of Atomic Garden. So congratulations to Carlos from Spain, Velocity 11, Matt Holden, Thomas Cosgrove, Jim Finley, and Alexis for getting all five of them correct. Andrew from California and Francois Rallian also got five out of five correct. You're listening to the... Podcast! Alright, here are this week's clips. As you will see, they're a little more difficult than the ones from last week. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. And number five. And once again, in case you missed them, here are the clips again. Number one. Number two. 
Number three. Number four. And number five. Send those answers to brpodcast at gmail.com. I'd also like to start back up the discussion topic that was in the first few episodes' listener interaction section. This week, I posed the question to you guys, what is your favorite lyric in a Bad Religion song? For example, last week I said I really liked the alliteration of, the food on your plate is more plastic than protein. What lines do you feel really resonate with you, and why? You can send those comments to, surprise, brpodcast at gmail.com, or post them in the comment section of the website at brpodcast.blogspot.com. I'm like Morpheus from The Matrix and that I leave that choice to you. Speaking of listener comments, Homer Sapien sent me what he thinks the other Bad Religion song with a bass solo in it is. He says, I believe that Jay Bentley's second bass solo is in the song Epiphany. It's tricky to hear, and I didn't even know there was one in that song until a few days ago. Anyways, the solo starts at the part where Greg starts singing, If it's real for me, do I have to prove it to you? And the solo goes on all the way until the middle of Brian's solo. Here's what that part of the song sounds like. If it's real for me, do I have to prove it to you? Why do revelations fade to cold blue untruths? It's all so relative, subservient and don't know what's Thanks again to Homer Sapien for sending me that bit of information. So let's move back to the unknown with another song from that synthesizer-driven album. The next song up is Chasing the Wild Goose, one of two songs that Brett wrote on the album, with the other one being Billy Gnosis. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. I really like how the song starts out. There was a man who banged his head against the wall. He banged for 20 years. The damn thing wouldn't fall. It gives out the sense of hopelessness to the things we do with our everyday lives. As for the song in general, Anthony at Defining Bad Religion seems to feel that this song is about how difficult it is to find a soulmate. Both of the characters described in this song, the honest man who has left his broken wife behind and the imprisoned woman who kills herself, take these drastic actions in a quest to find true happiness with their lives. Also, does anyone else get the impression that the broken wife may be the same person as the woman who kills herself in the second verse, and the man as cold as ice may be the man who ran off in the first verse? You can listen for yourself in the studio version of Chasing the Wild Goose. Here goes.
This week for the Pretender section, we're going to take a little double dip into a cover album called Invite Punk Religion Back Into the Unknown by a band called Mars Moles. I had heard some pretty bad things about this album before I was finally able to get a copy of it, but I have to say, if you ignore the recording quality, it's actually pretty entertaining. Essentially what this album consists of is Into the Unknown songs without the synthesizer and played at a faster tempo. The answer also lists that there is a b-side to the album where the band plays original songs and covers like Barbie Girl, but alas, I don't have that side of the album. Anyways, you can almost appreciate how some of the Into the Unknown songs could have been made into pretty good traditional Bad Religion songs if Brett didn't buy Greg a synthesizer from the profits of How Could Hell Be Any Worse, and if the punk scene hadn't turned into a bunch of copycats by 1983. So, here are punk versions of A Million Days and Losing Generation by Mars Moles. Another episode of the Bad Religion Podcast draws to a close. I hope that I remember to put all the content that I wanted in this episode, as the Word document containing my original plan for this episode was accidentally saved to a temporary folder and I lost it on the next reboot. Oh well, these things happen. In case you don't check out the blog and didn't hear, this podcast is finally on iTunes. It turns out that I had some capitalization in the wrong part of a field in the RSS feed. For you lay folks, that's what podcast software uses to get new episodes, which essentially was making the iTunes podcast board reject me. But all is well now, and you can find this podcast on iTunes by searching its podcast directory for Bad Religion, which actually turns up the podcast Life Spring Hymn Stories as well. I was going to take this time to say how much better this podcast is than that one, but I actually listened to an episode, and I have to say it's pretty well produced for a podcast. The guy recording it actually has a radio voice. Well, you know what? Fuck that guy. This is a punk podcast in both meanings of the word. 
Anyways, the next episode will be a big departure from the usual show format because, barring some unforeseen event, it will be recorded on location at the Greg Graffin Solo Show in Philadelphia next week. I will hopefully be playing some of the songs that I record from that show, and probably also some comments I have with some friends I will be attending the show with. Maybe you guys will see some actual discussion on the show next week. Maybe not. Anyways, the first of the two outro songs this week comes once again from Into the Unknown. This one is The Dichotomy, not one of the stronger songs in the album. In fact, it's probably one of the worst. It just kind of drags on, but I'm sure someone will be into hearing a live version of it. You could even say that they are on the other side of the dichotomy than I am. Or you could shut up and not say that, smartass. But seriously, the live recording is one of the only, or perhaps the only, recording that survives with Paul Dodonia, the bassist that filled in for Into the Unknown when Jay quit the band. The last song this week comes from the bootleg-slash-semi-EP, Maximum Rock and Roll. This album featured Bad Religion playing a few cover songs such as Louie Louie and Johnny Be Good. This particular song is Riding the Storm Out, probably the best cover song on the album. The song was originally done by Ario Speedwagon, and I have to say that I don't think I've ever actually heard the original. But regardless, the Bad Religion version will be up after the dichotomy. And finally, remember to stick around after the final two songs for the band's upcoming tour dates. Peace.
Days are pretty much the same as last episodes, but in case you missed them, here they are again. On July 10th and 11th, Cold as the Clay comes out in Europe and America, and then on July 12th, Graffin is playing a solo show in Philly, the next day in New York, and on the 14th in Boston. On the 16th, Graffin travels to the West Coast and plays a solo show in Los Angeles, and then the next day in San Francisco. On the 19th, he plays a show in Chicago, and on the 20th, a show in Toronto. And then on August 4th, the band plays a gig in San Diego. On August 20th, Graffin plays a solo show in Big Sur, California. And then on the 21st, Graffin plays a solo show in San Diego. Another day to keep in mind is July 30th, when Graffin's new book is released. I recently read through the body of his thesis. I'm still working on the interviews in the appendix. And although it was pretty heavy reading for before going to bed, I enjoyed reading about the different angles that Greg presented in the book. So I'm interested in seeing how the next book, a debate between Greg and a Christian professor, on religion turns out. We'll save that for another show. That's it for episode 11. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it. My name is Mike. My email address is brpodcast at gmail.com. The website is brpodcast.blogspot.com and I will see you all in two weeks or so for episode 12.